chapter 15, as we work our way through the life of the kings of Judah. Second Chronicles chapter 15, verse 1. Now the Spirit of God came upon Azariah the son of Oded, and he went out to meet Asa. And he said unto him, Hear me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin, that the Lord is with you while you are with him. And if you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. Let's pray. Lord, we just ask that you touch our hearts through your word. Thank you, Lord, for those who are at home watching us over the radio, and Father, we just thank you for those serving around the building, and again, that we as the body of Christ are gathered together, that you would just hear the prayers of your servants, and that, Lord, you would be glorified in our midst, in Jesus' name, amen. So we are in, look at your handout there, I know you don't have that at home, but We have Judah and Israel split up, and of course we don't have the first three kings because they were a united kingdom. This is the separated kingdom, the kings of the north on the left, the kings uh, of Israel on the right there, and we are in, notice Judah, Asa, we, we were in Rehoboam and Abijah last week, and now we're at Asa, and today We will go through the rest of Asa and Jehoshaphat. And then just for reference, because every once in a while as we are reading, you're going to see some names on the right side, Baasha tonight, as well as Ahab, uh, Ahab being the most wicked of the kings of the north. But you will see Baasha tonight as well. So this just gives you a reference of where we are. Uh, The times are, for the most part, pretty accurate. Again, they're not always the most accurate. We don't know exactly always, but it is pretty good for you to have a knowledge of those. Keep those in your Bible uh, as a reference for you. Or if you have an iPad, take a picture of it. (laughs) Hence, it'll always be there. So with that, we are picking up in the life of Asa. And Asa just had a great battle by Shishak of the Egyptians last week that God had taken care of. A huge amount of army coming against them, and the Lord was with Asa. And so we continue the life of Asa, and then we will go into his son Jehoshaphat. But I want you to see two lives tonight, two men of God, and yet they have compromise in their own life, and they align themselves with the enemy that God doesn't call them to do, but they feel that they need to do that for whatever reason. (laughs) We'll see the result of two men that the Bible says are men of God, and yet they do not end well in their lives. Now the Spirit of God came upon Azariah, the son of Oded. And that's just a fun name to say, Oded. And he went out to meet Asa, and he said unto him, Hear me, Asa, and all of Judah and Benjamin, for the Lord is with you while you are with him. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, 
he will forsake you. I don't need to give commentary on that. It's very straightforward, isn't it? If the Lord can be found by anybody if they seek him with a pure heart. Notice with me the description that Azariah uh, tells us about the nation. For a long time, Israel has been without the true God and without a teaching priest and without the law. And when they were in trouble, they turned to the Lord God of Israel and sought him, and he was found by them. And in those times, there were no peace to the ones who went out, nor to the ones who came in. But great turmoil was on them all, all the inhabitants of the land. Please note with me in verses 3 through 5 how the prophet describes uh, the, the situation in the land of Israel. Now, we have made parallels time and time again here at Calvary about the parallels of the United States of America and Israel and how closely they are aligned with that. I'd like to pose that again with this scripture. Note with me that for a long time, the nation has been without a teaching priest or pastors, teaching pastors, not preaching, not giving them a sermonette for Christianettes, not a little whipped cream on the top, here's a verse, there a verse, here a verse, there a verse, everywhere a little verse, verse. Oh, I'll go in. Seeing a nation as we will see a nation that comes back to God because of the teaching of his word. It is important to note that the Bible says God's people, and we'll see that later on with Jehoshaphat as well, that it's important for God's people to be taught not entertained. It's not my job to entertain you, nor any other pastor, nor is it a band's job to entertain you. Their job is to bring you into the presence of the Lord so that we can worship as the body and then dive into the Bible because we're believers. We promote that. We have Bibles. If you don't have one, take one. It's yours. It's from the Lord. But we will do exactly what the Bible says. Paul told the Ephesian elders to not shun to declare the whole counsel of God. Now listen, I know it's Wednesday. It's around 7.30. What's the whole mean? All of it. Doesn't mean my favorite sections of Scripture. I'm very proud of you for coming out and (laughs) going through Chronicles with us on a Wednesday night. Pretty soon when we're done with this, we're going to be in Hebrews. And I will tell you, a lot more people will show up for Hebrews than for the Chronicles. It's not as exciting, is it, these kings? And yet, we will look at one of the most powerful verses in all of the Bible tonight. And it's in the book of Kings, or in the book of Chronicles. So, we've got a people who are without a teaching pastor or priest, notice, without the law. But notice what happens in verse 4. But when there are times of trouble or planes flying into buildings or COVID, although they wouldn't let you come to church, people do what? It's kind of amazing what happens when people are faced with their own mortality. What happens? It says right here, they turn to the Lord God of Israel and they sought him. And he was found by him. The grace of God is amazing that in those times of trouble, even though you haven't talked to God for 50 years, he will say, hey, 
nice to see you. Isn't that wonderful? That's the God we serve. He doesn't say, I've been waiting for you. I've been sitting in that church waiting. And now you want to show up? He doesn't do that. He doesn't act like humans act. He doesn't get upset and mad at us and fly off the handle and say, that's it. Until you dig deep and give, I don't want to be around you. He doesn't do that at all. Notice that he will be found by you. And in verse 5 it says, and in those times there was no peace. I don't know about you, but I look at our country right now and I see little peace. But I see little peace from people who are religious as well. As well as the people like the rich young ruler in the last couple of weeks in Luke. We see people that have a, a lot going on for them and power and wealth, and yet they themselves are not happy. Why is that? Because the world says you have everything to be happy, and yet you are not happy. How is that possible? Well, you don't have the Lord in your life. I would love to have a testimony party right now. Everybody stand up. This is what God's done for me, and this is what I used to do, and, this, and I am so happy to be in this state in my life, but at least I've got the Lord. Can you imagine going through COVID without Jesus? Whew. And in those times, there was no peace to the one who went out, nor to the one who came in, but great turmoil was on all the inhabitants of the lands. And so, nation, so the nation was destroyed by nation and city by city, for God troubled them with every adversity. But you, be strong, and do not let your hands be weak, for your work, you, shall be rewarded. And when Asa heard these words of the prophecies of Oded, <laughs> this is funny, the prophet, he took courage. Isn't it wonderful when you hear God's word? What does it do for you? When you wake up, and you hear all, pardon me, all hell is breaking loose on planet earth. And you go, yeah, but I know where I'm going. I know what God's word says. I read it in my devotion today. It gives me strength and courage to continue no matter where you are, no matter what happened that morning, that day in your life, or at work. Three people walked out of your job and you're doing now three people's jobs. I know none of you know that but I read God's word that day. I was strengthened by that. Or I'm encouraged because I came to Wednesday night service. He took courage. And what did he do? He started to change his environment around him. He removed the abominable idols of all the land of Judah and Benjamin from the cities in which he had taken to the mountains of Ephraim. And he restored the altar of the Lord that was before the vestibule of the Lord. Note with me that he does, well, I'm sorry, what he does. King Asa did more than just remove the wrong. Did you see that? Oftentimes it's easier to remove the wrong, but to make the right right again. To go, to go forward. Listen, there are a lot of people upset right now at the state of where the election may have been but they sit and they do nothing. 
I'm just upset. What are you going to do about it? Nothing. I'm going to tweet more. It's not going to do anything. Notice what Asa does. He restored the right. He rebuilt the altar. This is an important part of any reform and any time of renewal. We must be more than just speaking out against the wrong. It must also take positive, I'm sorry, we must take positive steps towards the good and get into the game. We talked about that on Sunday. Don't just talk about it, get into the game. Be a part of what God's doing on planet Earth. Well, this is what a good leader does. He gathered all Judah, verse 9, and Benjamin and those who dwelt with him in Ephraim and Manasseh and Simeon. For they came over to him in great numbers from Israel when they saw that the Lord was on his side. What I find interesting about Asa is that his reforms, his rededicating his life, his stance to the Lord caused many people on Israel's side to come now into southern Judah. They moved to South Carolina. You see a group of people like that, you're like, well, I want to have that because nothing's going on where I am. And they moved, notice, in great numbers. And so they gathered together at Jerusalem in the third month, in the 15th year of the reign of Asa. And they offered to the Lord at that time 700 bulls and 7,000 sheep from the spoil that they had brought. That is one big barbecue that I would have loved to attend. (laughs) And that they entered into a covenant to seek the Lord God of their fathers with all of their heart and with all of their soul. And whenever uh, and whoever would not seek the Lord God of Israel, now I'm not promoting this, <laughs> Old Testament was put to death. I, I don't want to make this political tonight. But the other side right now wants to make a list of those who disagree with them. That's very 1930s Germany. And no one wants to call them out on it. It's kind of weird, isn't it? Or the new normal. Or as the past president used to say. So they would put them to death, whether small nor great, whether man nor free. And they took up an oath before the Lord, notice with a loud voice, within shouting at trumpets and with ram's horns. And all of Judah rejoiced at the oath that they had sworn with all of their heart and to seek him with all of their soul. And he was found by them, and the Lord gave them, please note with me, rest all around. When we make a commitment to the Lord and we go through that, I mean, we actually accomplish that which we set forth out of our mouth. We do the doing part of it rather than just the hearing only or just the speaking of that, but we're actually doing it, the Lord is well pleased with that. Now, he removed Micaiah, the mother of Asa, that's the grandmother of Asa, the king from being the queen mother, because she had made an uh, obscene image of Ashtoreth 
in Asa, and he cut down the obscene image, and he crushed it, he burned it, and the brook Kidron. Now, that uh, obscene image, this was hit by his grandmother. It's pornographic, and it is an image to Ashtoreth, Ashtoreth being the god of fertility, and you can, I'm not, I don't even want to go there. But I want you to know what Asa did. He didn't worry about that. He just ripped it down. I don't want to offend grandma. He didn't care at all. Grandma Shmamo ripped it down. Sometimes we need to do that. Notice what he did. He crushed it. That's wonderful, isn't it? But if that wasn't enough, he burned it. <laughs> like, he took it down. He didn't put it into a storage warehouse. I'll get to that later, or I'll sell it on eBay. He just crushed it and destroyed it. But the high places were not removed from Israel. Nevertheless, the heart of Asa was loyal in all of his days. So we start to see a little bit from him. He, he did well. He didn't go far enough. And he also brought into the house of the Lord God the things which his father had dedicated to he and himself. He dedicated these silver and gold, and there was no war until the 35th year of the reign of Asa. And that's how it happens a lot, is that you go through this time of renewal, of reformation in your own life. You, you pull down these old things from the past. You make commitments to the Lord and it goes well with you for a long time. But there is always a battle coming. There is always a testing coming. We are not perfect yet. Anyone perfect yet? Okay, I'm just taking note. There's always a refining that's going on. And God uses these battles to refine us, to remove those things in our life that are not well-pleasing to Him, that are areas of compromise. And so in the sixth year of the reign of Asa, Baasha, king of Israel, so there you go, you got your handy-dandy handout there, you can see where he is on the list. Baasha, king of Israel, came up against Judah and built Ramah, that he might let none go out or come in to Asa, king of Judah. Now, a couple of things. We just read that a bunch of territories in the north, people were streaming towards the south, right? They were going to worship the true and the living God in the south. Well, the north, if you have power, because power is everything. I know this is shocking, but political leaders want to keep every power they have. And the political leaders in the north said, we can't keep letting these people from the north flee to the south. <laughs> I kind of wish our political leaders in the south would say that to the north, but that's just where I am. I want to put a sign up that says we're full. No mas. We're done. So what do they do? They don't make the situation better in the north. They say, we're going to forbid you and we'll put a mandate out. And we're going to build, we're going to build this city. This city is Ramah. And this city is almost, uh, there's a debate, but some say as close as five miles from Jerusalem. 
as far away as 15 miles. It was pretty close to Jerusalem, to the border of the southern tribes. So, Baasha decided that he would build this city of Ramah. Well, then Asa brought silver and gold from the treasuries of the house of the Lord and of the king's house, and he sent them to Ben-Hadad, king of Syria, who dwelt in Damascus, comma, pause. (laughs) What? Over 30 years, walking with the Lord, great reforms, seeking the Lord, helping the people, sending out teaching pastors and priests around the area to teach the people to follow the Lord, to follow the Lord's commandments. And then at close to the end of his life, he does something and you look at it and you go, what? Why is he talking to a foreign pagan king, Ben-Hadad of Syria? Well, if you look on a map, obviously Syria is over here in the northern tribe of Israel. And so Ben-Hadad, king of Syria, could just attack and maybe that's what he is thinking. I don't know what people think when they do weird things later in life. Anyone else? Anyone just go, what are you doing? Anybody? You've been walking with the Lord for a long time. You led me to the Lord. You led a Bible study. You did this and this. And then, and then 35 years into it, you go, what's going on over there? This is the beginning of his compromise. Compromise in the life of a believer will get you put on the shelf. Oh, you're still a follower, but now you're ineffective for the kingdom of God. And in fact, you're going to get people killed. And I don't mean that in a murder of the body, but spiritually. Because somebody that you may have led to the Lord by continuing in your walk and to being faithful, well, now your walk is a compromise. They see the compromise and they go, why would I want to do that? It's tragic to read stories like this from these great men of God. You look at him, you go, I love that last chapter. Why do we have to have this chapter? Because this chapter is almost more important than the last chapter. Because God cares how we finish, not how we start. It's a long marathon with God, isn't it? (laughs) Anybody figure that out? And every once in a while, there's some... You ever... One of my favorite things in the Olympics is that race where they run around and they then they jump over the obstacles, you know, the, the hurdles. There you speak it out anytime you want. Throw it out there. Because you're running, and then you have to now jump over this hurdle. That's what life is. And, well, now you've got Baasha building a city 15 miles away. Just give me that. Let's just say that's the distance. Well, what should he have done? Because Shishak came with him with over a million troops, and God just wiped the floor with him. And now he's worried about the north? Something that isn't so serious? Oh, it is, but it's no Shishak. Why is it later on 
that we make Shishaks, or let's put it that we make Ramas into Shishaks. Ramas, just a town that they're building is not even fortified yet. Well, he goes to Ben-Hadad, king of Syria, who dwelt in Damascus, saying, Let there be a treaty between you and me, as there was a treaty between my fathers. See, I have set silver and gold. Come break your treaty with Baasha, king of Israel, so that he will withdraw from me. What is he asking to do? He's setting up a compromise and a treaty with a pagan king where God had already provided. God is going to say that in a minute. God's going to tell us that he's grieved over the heart of Asa going out and getting worldly help when that's not what he needs to do. What he needs to do is rely upon the Lord and what the Lord has already done in his life. Do you have a track record with God? Go back to that and say, this is where God worked in my life before. This is where Shishak was before in my life. So if he did that, what's a little rhema? Do you see? But the enemy loves to get into our head. Oh, you enemy. (laughs) Loves to just jump into your head. Put doubt and fear into your head. Where before your heart, you were trusting in God. You were praying. You were doing devotions. You were coming to church. Woo! And now, Ramah and a pagan Ben-Hadad. And so Ben-Hadad, verse 4, heeded King Asa and sent captains of the armies against the cities of Israel. And they attacked Ijon, Dan, Abel, and the stored cities of Naphtali. Now it happened when Baasha heard it, that he stopped building Ramah and ceased his work. Now, from a worldly perspective, you may come back and say, but it worked. But Baasha wasn't his enemy. Asa's true enemy and the enemy of Israel or Judah was not the northern tribe of Israel. It was Syria. That was the great army of the day. That was the powerhouse of the day. He just aligned himself with his enemy that will later on, uh, I don't, I'll be quiet. Let's just keep going. Spoiler alert. Then King Asa took all of Judah, and they carried away the stones and the timbers of Ramah with ba- Baasha, he had used for the building, and they built Gibeah and Mitzvah. And again, worldly perspective, look, he did good. He tore down this city, and he built two new cities. What's wrong with that? Keep going. Pause. Often the bad doesn't come right in the beginning. Anybody else get that when you align? The enemy lets you fall into a false sense of security, but that will come. We're going to read it. But in the beginning, it seems great. Look, it worked. Now at that time, Hananiah the seer to to Asa, king of Judah, said unto him, because you have relied on the king of Syria, and don't you realize, when he said that, what is Asa doing? Oh. Because you relied upon the king of Syria and have not relied upon the Lord your God. 
Therefore, the army of the king of Syria has escaped from your hand. The idea is I would have defeated Ben-Hadad, the king of Syria, but now it's gone. That defeat is gone. He says, were the Ethiopians and the Lubians not a huge army? That was the Shishak, the Egyptians, with very many chariots and horsemen, yet because you relied on the Lord, he delivered them into your hand. I don't know about you, but I love and then hate. Hate's kind of a strong word. Dislike when the Lord shows me that I'm an idiot. Anyone else? (laughs) Thank you. Got a couple of them. But that's exactly what he did. He goes, what did we do back there? We had this huge army. We had this battle, and I delivered them, and they were greater in number. That's what the enemy does. Do you see that? Oftentimes, the enemy takes a rhema, which is small, and blows it up, again, like I just said, into a shishak that isn't that big. And then we fret, and we worry, and we walk away from the true and the living God. And I want you to get your pens out, underline this, highlight this. This is one of my, now, my kids have been saying this to me all the time lately. Dad, you always say this is one of your favorite verses in all the Bible. Can you stop saying that? This is one of my favorite verses in all the Bible. And it is. It's been one of my verses, my life verses, ever since I came back to the Lord. When I was serving the Lord, this is the verse. Please hear this from God. For the eyes of the Lord, the Lord God Jehovah, runs to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of whose heart is loyal to him. God is looking for men and women that he can go, I can use that person. I could do something wonderful and great through Jim Elliot, through his wife Elizabeth Elliot, going back into the very city that killed her husband. God's looking for those people. God's looking for people to show himself, notice, strong. But hear hear the Lord in the last part of that verse. In this you've done foolishly. It also can be translated stupid. That's just stupid. Sometimes God needs to tell us that we're just stupid. What you just did was foolish. And now there is a consequence to that. There is a consequence to aligning yourself with Bidhadad, Asa. When all you had to do is say, Lord, there, there is Rama up the road. Could we work on a solution to that? That's all God wanted to hear. But we don't hear Asa going to the Lord with Rama, do we? Oh, he went when Shishak was at the door with the million troops. Isn't that how it is? We go to God with the real giant things, and then the other things, Lord, I got it. (laughs) Anybody know? Don't look. Anybody know what Asa is going to do next? What is his countenance like? Then Asa was angry with who? The prophet. 
not at himself, not at God, but the guy bringing the message. Do you know the looks I get from up here? We've got this new camera on the side. We haven't got it all figured out. We've got some bugs, of course, but that camera is eventually going to turn. <laughs> oh, it's coming. <laughs> that camera's going to show people's faces. I can't wait. You, you should see when I talk about sin and people look at me and they want, they, I love this. Asa was angry with the seer. People are angry with the seer all of the time. Not you, mainly second service people on Sunday. You're like, but I go to second service. Well, Isn't it funny how we are as human beings? We don't go, well, maybe I should sit and listen to what he has to say. We just go, nope, you're wrong. And we live in a cancel culture today. We don't say, wow, what? Maybe their position might be right. Nope, you're wrong because you're the other side. And I don't listen to you. Asa was angry with the seer. <laughs> and he put him into prison. This is what people in Congress want to do right now. They would rather put those who dissent with them away. And if you don't believe me, your head is in the sand down by the boardwalk. They, they don't even hide it anymore. Big tip of... Uh, Censored that article before the election, and it was kind of like, well, what are you going to bet it? Nothing. We're not going to do anything because the big government's not going to do anything, I guess. Them. So if there's no punishment for people's actions, it'll continue. And if this election is allowed to be stolen, it'll happen the next time because no one went to jail. Why would, you, why would you want to obey the law if there is no punishment for it? Well, the Bible shows us plenty of consequences. And so they throw the seer into prison. <laughs> they ban his video. Do they not? Caution. You know, that little banner comes up. We fact videos banned. There's a little banner. We fact-checked it. They haven't fact-checked anything, just so you know. The fact-checkers need to be fact-checked. And then fact-check those fact-checkers. And they're all in San Jose, California. That's why I left. <laughs> so they threw him into prison, for he was enraged at him. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> and Asa oppressed some of the people at that time. Not only did he get mad at the prophet, he got mad and oppressed the people who were probably in the same political party as the seer was. There's nothing new under the sun. <laughs> Note the acts of Asa, first and the last. Are they indeed written in the book of the kings of Judah and Israel? And yes, they are. And in the 39th year of his reign, he became, oh, here's, and I don't want to say divine justice, but it is. 
because eventually God will take care of you in one way or another. But he gives you time to repent. Yes, even Asa. Even Ahab. Because how many prophets came to Ahab telling him to repent? Yes, the most wicked person in Congress that you know. Don't shout it out. Knock it off. God is giving everyone on planet Earth right now the opportunity to repent and turn to him. And at some point, he will say, okay, that's your choice. And you might just get a foot disease right here. And it became diseased in his feet. And his malady was severe. Guys, they don't have the things that we have today. You got that? So when you get sick, even the littlest of stuff back then, you pretty much died of the things that we could pretty much be cured of today. No big deal. Back then, big deal. But let's see. Yet in his disease, sadly, he did not seek the Lord. But what did he do? Only the physicians. Now, do not send letters and say, here it is. The Bible is saying that we, we should trust in the Lord only and not go to the physicians. That's not what it's saying. It's not what it's saying at all. It's important to go to people who, um, that God has given the ability to help you. I thank God for naproxen. Maybe you can thank God too for that. I, I have a broken foot. I decided that I would fall off the roof of the last building. My foot's broke. And when I was in the doctor's office, he said, Ron, uh, it's healing good. You know, you got those pins and screws in there. He goes, but there's a 50-50 chance you're going to have arthritis. Wouldn't you know it? A couple of months later when they did the final x-ray, what did I have? Arthritis. My foot, pretty much when the weather, how many else who have a weather issue, body part that hurts when the weather does stuff? If I'm working on it up at the property, uh, we had to walk the property line and it was up and down, up and down in creeks and, and the next day my foot just locks up. <laughs> I thank God for an approximate. I thank God that I even had a doctor that knew how to put pins and plates into my foot so I could walk again. Or for you having the surgery and they took out the cancer. I'm pretty thankful for that. You're still around. But in this context, what God is saying, he never came to me. He only went to the world. That's dangerous. That's a place in somebody's life where they decided that God is no longer God to them because he kicked out the prophet. He stopped hearing from God. Well, anybody know what's going to happen? <laughs> Asa rested with his fathers. That means he died. And he died in the 41st year of his reign. And they buried him in his own tomb which he had made for himself in the city of David. And they laid him in a bed that was filled with spices and various ingredients prepared in a mixture of ointments. And they made, they made a very great burning for him. 
the children of Israel, they mourned the king of, of uh, the southern tribes of Judah and Benjamin. Asa was a good king, wasn't he, in the beginning? Lots of reform, lots of good that he had done. And yet he didn't like one day a Bible study. There are a lot of people that I don't see anymore at church. And I will tell you, because one day they came to church, and they didn't like that Bible study. They didn't like that verse. They didn't like me saying to them what God's Word says. They didn't like it at all. They were highly offended. Oh, they've told me. Now, if you don't put your name at the end of the letter, I just throw it away. I never read them. Don't get mad at the seer. Don't get mad at the prophet. Don't get mad at the pastor. You get on your knees and you talk to the one who gave us this book. Because sooner or later, you're going to talk to him. And it will be for eternal life? Or will it, will it be for eternal separation? And I pray that you would soften your heart in the days in which we live in. I love every time we are, wherever we are in the Bible, I love that it applies to where we are. I had someone last week or the week before, I don't know, some week, someone came up and said, I love how the Bible is so relevant for our day. Yeah, because it is living, because it's powerful. This is not an old dead document. This is God breathe. It has life, and it can help us in the issues of Shishak and of Ramah. Isn't that wonderful? Now, I had this wonderful idea of getting through to chapter 20 tonight. Asa. <laughs> it's Asa's fault. Next week, we'll jump for Jehoshaphat. Oh, you'll get that next week. Let's pray. Father, thank you again for the life of King Asa. His start. His heart in the beginning was great and awesome. His reliance upon you in the day of Shishak, this great foe that had come upon him. And then he started to go through life because he didn't have it so tough for a long time. Years of peace can often do that in our life, that we can stop relying upon you and rely upon Ben-Hadad's. Father, that we would not compromise like Asa and not compromise like Jehoshaphat next week as well. That we would not be aligned with the enemy. That our hearts would always hear what you would have for us through your prophets, through your seers, through the pastors that we have today, through your living word, Lord. Speak to our hearts through it. Reveal those areas in our life, like in Asa. Father, thank you that we have a time to meet tonight, to be together, to be refreshed by your word. We love you, Lord, and we pray that your soon return would be even at the very door. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.